Hey guys, so you're about to listen to episode 52. It's got to be my top five of most enjoyable ones I've done. And I've got two guests this time. Coach Ron Flamer Albers is back with us. And many of you know he was my college coach and coached me as a junior and has a lot of tennis knowledge and not much else. And then my buddy since middle school, high school, Chris Gelb, you'll hear him tell him tell you why we call him Frika, but he is a band director for 25, 26 years. So his background is teaching, coaching large groups of people. So we have some, what I think are interesting conversations and a whole lot of goofiness. Keep in mind, this was recorded around midnight, 1230 on a Saturday night after visiting Colts training camp. So it'd been a long day, but it was a lot of fun. Sure. Hope you enjoy it. And thanks for listening. I'll see y'all in the courts. So, all right. Hello for my to my seven listeners. It's episode 51. I'm in a hotel in, where are we at? Fishers? No. Keystone. Keystone, area. Indiana? It's, it's Keystone area, which is part of the Indianapolis. Keystone area, which is part of Indianapolis at a hotel with two dudes. Yeah. And a lot of um, cars downstairs. So, I've got, for how many times you've been on this, Flamer? Is this your second? Uh, Third? Second, third, I've got Ron Flamer or Famer Albers. Some of you know he was my college tennis coach, and he has pretty much told everybody that I was the best player that ever played for him. True. Is that oh, true, Flamer? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, and then I've got first time. First time. First time on this one yeah. is Christopher Gelb, but his real name is not Christopher. So his Chris. real name is Christopher. But Christopher, will you tell them what we call you? They call me Frika. We call him Frika. Why do we call you Frika? I believe uh, a buddy of ours back in the day was our nickname artist, and he would call me Christo Frika. Yep. And then I eventually got shortened down to Frika. Just Frika. So we're here um, for Colts training camp. And so one of the things I posted yesterday on my social media stuff was asking people to... Wait, before you start, I got to give you props for these setup here, Scott. This is amazing that you could throw this together so fast and efficiently. Thank you. It's, well, it's, it's much better than the two soup cans in the street we used last time, but not by much. So... Famer's making fun of me because we've got three mics and a soundboard and all this stuff. We're not using any and of it. We're, we're recording this on my phone because I couldn't get any of it to work. And the store was closed so we couldn't get any Campbell's soup. Yeah. <laughs> so we it looks cool, but we're actually recording directly from my phone tonight. Um, so anyway, we're here for Colts training camp. And I posed my question on social media about is there, we're, we drove all the way here and spent the money to watch a team practice. 
is there any other athlete in the world, tennis or otherwise, that you would drive? I drove four hours, so four hours or more to watch someone just simply practice, not competing at all. Can you guys think of anything you would do other than the Indianapolis Colts or maybe coach Bengals? You might do it. Okay. Have you been to a Bengals training camp? Yes, when I was young. When you were young, but not many, many moons ago. Not recently. No. Is there anything? Like, my favorite player of all time was Agassi, but I wouldn't drive four hours to watch Agassi practice. Um, Can you think of anything that would make you, like, we've got hotel, food, gas. Yeah. A day and a half away from home to go watch a team practice. Yeah. And we didn't even get seats. And it was... 95 degrees, wow. I can't think of anybody that I would I would That's do that one. for. I, I can't either. Right? Okay, yeah. how about um, the old Bulls? Like the 90s Bulls? Yeah. With the greatest have... player ever, Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. Nice. Yeah. Would, you have, would you have dragged Practice? that far to go watch one of their I don't. I don't think so. No? I don't think I would have. May I mean, maybe just because I was young and dumb. Yeah. Yeah. But to see a practice, I don't think I would. I don't. So. Babe Ruth? I did drive nine hours Babe to Cleveland Ruth. to watch LeBron practice Dude. preseason. Yeah. Oh. It was exceptional. Yeah. You would. You would go <laughs> see LeBron James, the seventh best player to ever play. <laughs> behind. Podcast number 50, which will go five yeah. hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I, I haven't had anybody tell me anybody or anything they would do just to see somebody practice, which shows the power of the NFL that it has over us. Absolutely. Right? And the the power of crushing our hopes, which are already dashed. (laughs) Wow. We have, has this not been a roller coaster today? Not for me. Not for you. (laughs) While we are at training camp, it's announced that Jonathan Taylor wants a trade. So our season's over. Not that it was ever going to start any good, but uh, yeah. all right. Enough of that stupid but, football talk. Well, as a Bengal fan, I'm only here for your moral support. Yeah, Bengals. Because I really don't care. I and like Portillo's was good too. Portillo's, Portillo's was good. good. Cheese cone, oh. chocolate cake, chocolate cake. All right, let's get the serious stuff. Okay, what do you two call the thing in the sky at night that flies around and lights up? It's body parts light up. What do you call it? The moon? The bug. No. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's an insect, dude. A what do you bug. call it? All right, we got lightning bug. Lightning what bug. do you call it? Firefly. Ooh. See, that was on my last podcast. That was the topic, one of them. Ooh. And I kind of split down the middle. I'm, I'm, we just it, split it down the middle? Yeah. I'm dude, all, we're good at this. I'm all <laughs> lightning bug. Really? Yeah. I'm a lightning bug. You're a light, you were a firefly guy? I call them both. What would make you choose one or the other? So let's, let's act like here Just comes like one. Ambidextrous. It's flying through the sky. You say, well, hello there. I would pull a quarter out of my pocket, flip it. <laughs> Heads was lightning bug, tails was firefly. Okay, that's, that's great. So we've, we've accomplished nothing. All right. We had a conversation at Portillo's tonight. It's very, very important. We researched it. We Googled it. We had some answers here's, from Google. Here's the situation. <laughs> it's my podcast. I can say whatever I want, Coach. <laughs> two, two, two mice. In a, <laughs> two, two, 
two mice are in a fight with one gerbil. <laughs> two mice versus two regular mice, one regular gerbil, no secret powers or special skills. No ninja skills. No ninja skills, just two regular made-to-be mice versus a regular oh, gerbil. Oh, Who wins the fight? Chris, what do you say? It'll be after our uh, so conversation. We did, we did Google <laughs> yeah, this. Your son, yeah. Yeah. So this was one. yeah this was googled and and I think the advantage goes towards the gerbil due to size difference. But that was only a one on one. Yes, but I think he actually got some answers on a two on one situation, and I think it was still <laughs> still heading towards <laughs> the gerbil. Okay, so you're voting gerbil. I'm going to go gerbil on Coach? this one. Oh, gerbil all the way. I'm, <laughs> gerbil. I'm going two mice. I mean, you guys win, but I'm going two mice because there's, they've got four four paws. I mean, eight, like eight, paws. eight paws versus four. And I'm great at math, and I know <laughs> that if Frika has eight hammers and I only have four, he's probably going to win that battle if we have a hammer fight. <laughs> Yep, that's what this so, podcast is going to be. You said your mice had no special talent. They, if they had hammers, that's unfair. <laughs> I would like yeah. to. Uh, little, little I would tiny like to address, I would like to address the seven listeners <laughs> at this yeah. point. Yeah. Six. No, it's down to five. Six. <laughs> yeah. I think we're decreasing quickly. Kind of like the Colts win season. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. That's enough. Same. <laughs> um, we talked about this. Oh. You talked about it too, Frika, a little okay. bit on text. I had put on a previous one, um, your favorite four players, tennis players of all time. So for you all that don't know Frika, yeah. he's not a tennis player, but he was around it quite a bit, hanging out with me and our tennis team and famer. So he, you know a bit. Yeah. You're casual. casual. So my favorite were Agassi, McEnroe, Federer, and who was my fourth? Connors. Mm-hmm. Those are my top four. Not the not who I think are the best four ever. Those are my favorites. So, Freaka, you're a casual fan. Who were your four? Can you name four tennis players? Dude, I think what I have to think back. It's been a while since I came up with my list, but I think it was Agassi and McEnroe. Yep. I think those two you got, right? Yeah. And I think, was Lindell one? I, I don't I know. Chose... He's awful. You can't have him on your list. And Becker. Becker, good Becker choice. Was one. Good choice. Becker would be dude, in my top ten because he yeah. was. I, I just remember him being super strong. Yeah, like that, it was fun. That was like good. He, you like just powers, powers, like you just or, contributed yeah. to a tennis podcast. That was a good poll. That's seriously, that's good. Yeah. Who but were your four? I don't think I would go Lindell. I think I would probably go Connor though because I would have had him. I don't think you would have chosen Lindell. He was kind of. I don't think so, but I remember him because he had some matches against Agassi. Probably. That I would have seen in some. Yeah, he just wasn't point. an exciting, no. memorable type of player. Who were your top four? Not who you think are the best ever, but you no. enjoyed. My favorite were uh, would have been Fed, McEnroe, in no particular order. Uh, Pete Sampras. Nice. Sampras is a good, one. highly entertaining, boring. Oh my god! Super strong too. I used to um, hate Sampras because he was yeah. boring, smooth, and because he beat Agassi. Every and Bjorn Borg. Borg. That's a good one. Back in the day. Yeah. I would have Edberg I on the list. One of your seven listeners Wait. is a little older. Wasn't he part of they ABBA? Are. 
Borg. Yeah. <laughs> he was the fifth Bjorn, member of Bjorn ABBA. Bjorn Borg. Yeah. I think he was. Yeah, I mean, he was. ABBA was ABBA. was ABBA boyfriend girlfriend husband wife or were they brother sister? Both. <laughs> Who knows these days, right? I like Borg. All right, so moving on from that, Famer, really more for you. Who are the best four ever? Not your favorite, but who do you rank your top four? Ooh. Men or women? Combine them. Don't combine them. Oh. Well. I'm going to have to throw Joker on the top. Joker number one. Uh, followed by Serena. Serena, I could do. It. I can handle that. And I'm good with you now. I'm gonna go Federer, Nadal. In the order, that's your top four, or is that just that, your that four best? Be even in order. Be the order. Yeah, and no reason Federer over Nadal. Nadal may have more <clears> titles, but Federer had more spread out on multi surfaces. I hate it, but I'd have to put Joker first. He's not my favorite, no, but my he's, favorite he's clearly he won more than anybody. And yeah. then I'd go Federer, Nadal. Got to go Serena, even though she's not my favorite. Well, Serena's not my favorite either, but she's just she's dominated. Yeah. yeah. Gelby, do you have a top four? Top four? Top, your top four, not your favorite four. Who do you think the best tennis player to ever walk the planet was, besides me? Besides you? Yeah. I don't, you know, I, I've not been a big follower. I don't think I could... Oh, wait. Besides you? Besides, Besides me. Besides I didn't know what you get from Collin County. <laughs> <laughs> that kid yeah. that I almost beat? Yes. Yeah. Maybe. Until the warm-up started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could speak to the topic because I've, I've not paid enough attention to... Like, Why not? Why don't you pay more attention to it? God. It's riding your run to horizon. Yeah, you're the worst. That. I need to. You're the worst. Um, all right. Let's go to... Movie reviews. This is where I need you, Frika. So we're going to do two. Famer, you really haven't... I don't think you've seen any of them. So if you just two. keep your yap shut for the you're next out. couple of minutes. <laughs> you're out for a bit. Try me. Um, so I saw Mission Impossible cool. at the theater. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome. Have you seen all the old Mission Impossibles? Yes. Okay. I always go to the theater to see them. So yeah. if you go see it, definitely go to the theater. If you like action movies, you have to go see it. Yeah. This it's a It's a good story, but... Amazing explosions, crashes, chases, jumping off of stuff. The sounds spectacular. It's a yeah. great movie to kill two and a half hours eating popcorn, drinking coke. Mm -hmm. um, if you know, I've told before, I, I'm not a huge fan of Tom Cruise, but I will watch all of his movies because they're always entertaining they are. for the most part. So I highly recommend it. If you like the previous ones, you'll love Mission Impossible. The, the the effects are outrageous, and it's just a lot of fun. So I didn't get to go see Oppenheimer, mm -hmm. which is where I'm going to ask you and put you on the spot to give us your short review of Oppenheimer. I thought Oppenheimer was great. And I seriously, I think you need to go see it in the theater. Let's go tonight. Let's do it. It is three hours long. It's, it's a long one. It's only 11.30 and but I've got storage time. So. That's like three hours. Like You can actually finish a bucket of popcorn, sit for a good long while, and start on a second. Maybe you finish a second <laughs> bucket of popcorn I'm in a three-hour movie. Dude, that's a great rating system for you. So that's You rate it by popcorn. buckets of popcorn. That is a good one. How many it? buckets? Yeah, It's a two-bucketer. Two, could there be a three-bucketer? I think three hours. You guys remember the Lord of the Rings series? 
You like those? I did. Yeah, they were nice and long. That I pushed into three buckets. Huh. So you're a nerd because you just said <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so it's a two bucketer. See, yeah. if that's the if that's the most, I would give Mission Impossible two buckets and a large coat. <laughs> That'll be that's a great rating system. Yes, I like it. Yes, you could add candy to it. Yes, you could. If you really like the best movie ever, is popcorn, coke, a, and a bag of Junior Mints. This is a whole other podcast. Yeah, for some Mike and Ike. I like yeah. Mike and Ike's. Yeah, I like it. So anytime I review a movie now, I'm gonna give yep. it. Yep. I'm gonna give it that. It's two bucks. So it also is being at three hours. You need to get go to one of the theaters with the comfy seats. Like the reclining type is good. That's you know you do want to do that. Yeah, but I do think I you know people got to have gotten away from going to movie theaters. Like I don't think movies are pulling in the crowds like they used to. I think they're coming back. I think it needs Mission to. Impossible. It started with Top Gun. Tom mm-hmm. Cruise when yeah. that came out, he brought the movie yeah. world back. Yeah. Mission Impossible still out in the theaters. Oppenheimer's yeah. huge. Barbie. Yeah, that I'm one not going to see it, but it is but it's still huge. in theaters. It is huge. I haven't been to a movie in years, and I've been to like three in the last month. Yeah, because I wanted to see it in the theater with that experience. Exactly. And um, and I think that's what for me that's what I think. If you watch Oppenheimer at home, if you're a history buff, you will love it. But if you're just eh, about the history side of it, uh, being in the theater, I think it's. Like it just moves you more because the soundtrack, the volume, the the big screen, the sights, I mean, the emotion that came out of it through that. I don't know that you can get it the same at right. home. So I'm gonna go check it out. So I'm giving Mission Impossible two buckets, a large coke, and a bag of Reese's Pieces. <laughs> what's your official rate? What's your rating for Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer? What kind of snacks? Definitely two buckets. Two buckets. I had a large coke. That coke. Diet Coke. Oh, had the Diet Coke because then because I got the second bucket of yes. popcorn, so you got to get the Diet Coke. <clears throat> and uh, I'm not going to go with the candy because you still got to have that history buff side. So I think there's going to people there'll be people that won't enjoy it. So no candy. So I'm not going candy. All right, it's but still a it good is, review. It's an incredible movie though, and if you love history at all, you got to go see it. I'm gonna check it out. What if I just like history? No, don't go. Okay. What if I mildly like it? What if, what if two mice fight a history buff? <laughs> All right, on to the next. This is very random. So for our five listeners that I think are left, we had no plan to this. And I Thanks, just Mom. wrote <laughs> I just typed out a bunch of stuff very, very quickly. And we're going to see where this goes. So it's no particular order. Um, fame, this may lean towards you a little bit, but Freaka, you're obviously um, able to come up with words and sentences and hey, form thoughts. Um, so the, the Wimbledon time. Wimbledon final a couple weeks ago, I think it was early fifth set maybe, Joker got broken and smashed his racket into the net post. Busted it in pieces, right? And the, my previous podcast, I, would, I had talked, almost the whole time about how do players get rid of those emotions quickly? Like, what are your things? Mine was when I got something bad happened, I was taught. It might've been you that taught me. I don't remember. My trick was call the score out immediately because I knew as soon as the score is called, there is no more arguing. It's over. Because in pro tennis, they call the score, the argument's over. So that was my trick. If I get mad, I just call it out as quick as I can. Joker smashed this thing 
And Famer, my thought was it was great because he didn't he didn't argue with the ref, the ref. He didn't say a word. He smashed it, picked it up, sat down, and did not argue with a soul. He didn't keep going. It was over. So I didn't didn't bother me at all. What do you what do you think about that? Like, is it terrible sportsmanship to break that? On one hand, yes, just because it's and it's, that's a whole other story. But with the money involved in pro tennis, that's that's an automatic code violation, probably a point penalty, and he got nothing for it. On the player, sure. yeah, it is. On, you know, on you know, which show which kind of sets a little example for younger players watching that, and you know, a coach he says to his coach, "Old Joker broke a racket over the net post, so he can get a warning." So that that on that side it's it's not good on the as a player side you know the release of the emotion and the previous point game that you just lost gone immediately and that that release is something I thought every year to every team to every player you got to have your release and whatever it is make it quick if it's within the rules you're fine then you move on to the next point. Yeah, I thought it was like normally I hate that stuff. Like I'd I'd be like I can't stand Djokovic anymore. But the way he did it for whatever reason, it was just so fast. And he picked up the racket, he sits down, it's done. Yep. I didn't really think about he did not get a point penalty. There was no consequence, but maybe it's because he handled it. He never no. looked at the ref, pointed at anybody. He just dude, he smashed a racket. That's an automatic. I know, but in, in the tennis world now, maybe in the professional tennis world, yeah. I, I agree with you. So many eyes on it. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's um, negative. But I thought it was cool because Djokovic, 10 years ago, smashes the racket, and then he smashes another one, and then he's going to fight and linger. Um, I just thought it was kind of interesting how quickly yeah. he moved on. No, it was a perfect release um, of the moment. And he smashed it great. It was perfect. Broke it right in half. So yeah, I've got Frika here. Frika, you're a um, band director. Yeah. Long time, many years, right? That means you direct the band, the band, hence wow. band director. Yeah. What do you do? Your um, lead um, oboe player. Is there an oboe in your band? No, but who's your but, best? Your best player plays what? Uh, flute. Okay, your yeah. lead flute player plays yeah. a bad note, bad song. Takes their flute, <laughs> smashes <laughs> it, smashes it in half on on, on the ground. <laughs> At band camp. <laughs> what do you do? Um, and it's a good, it's your top player, senior. No, there are all kinds of bad things happen there at that point because it's, it's totally unacceptable behavior. Are they kicked out of practice? Um, probably at that point, yeah. Like, like we're, tell them you're done right we're, now. We're sending them home. We're yeah, they they need to not be influencing or impacting all the other kids around them. So we're probably removing them from that situation. We would on a tennis court. That's exactly what we do. They, yeah. If that happens at our club, there just get your stuff. Yeah. You're done, and then create and then, consequences past that. Yeah, and then you know, obviously conversation with the parents. They got because now you got damaged equipment which is not cheap you got you know there's a lot of layers into that but the other thing is i mean the bigger problem is we got to deal with the kid and why that happened and then number one you don't want that happening because especially when that and we're not in the professional world they're not just being handed 
equipment to use freely. So, you know, this that becomes a pretty Have costly. you ever had this happen? Have you had a kid had break some, something, bust something, flip out? Yeah, uh, yeah, for different reasons. Um, and unfortunately, it's a bigger problem than just that moment. So, and on the educational side of it, it's we're dealing with bigger things than just that moment. How do you know? Maybe they just got pissed off. You know. <laughs> you, you definitely know. I mean, you automatically seem to think that this person has some other issues. Maybe they're just angry. They are angry. Yeah, we got to deal with how to deal with anger. Maybe they're angry because their band director so. sucks. <laughs> it, it, I would just say it. I mean, that's <laughs> sort of where possible. I'm leading this it, to. It's very possible. All right, that was way too serious. My yeah. next one. Freaka, you're a teacher, mm -hmm. band director. You've been in schools forever. How do you feel when I talked about this? I went through some old podcast topics. Yeah. Eighth grade graduations. Eighth Sixth grade, grade graduations. Yeah. I do not understand or believe them because congrats, you made it through eighth grade. Wow. Yeah. You really. I think it's okay to celebrate certain things, but I think the problem is we've gone maybe too far with them because it's not, I mean, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be held up to the same esteem as your, what about your the, grade the big parties, the celebrations, yeah. the yeah, streamers and the balloons and the inviting grandparents? Like I said, and, it gets a little bit, um, you know, it's it's too much. I, I totally Did you that. have an eighth grade graduation party? Uh, no. No way. No. No way you did. There's, there's no way I did. Your, your dad uh, would have been like, eighth grade? I barely made it past six. What are you talking about? I mean, there's there's nursery school and kindergarten, yeah. and it, yeah. it bothers me. Well, and I think the problem is it's like keeping up with Joneses with all of it because For like sure. a certain family does it and does this big thing, and all of a sudden you feel like you guys have to do it as well because you don't want your kids to be left out of a certain situation. And I think we've kind of gone down that path. So we can really blame the person that did it for the first time. Yes. Who was that? I don't know. <laughs> but I think we should do some research on that, find them, and punish them. We severely. should punish the one who yes. started it all. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it's okay to, like, you know, if you finish to have an eighth grade graduation and maybe there's a small ceremony at school or something, but I don't think you need to blow it out of proportion. You know, a nice certificate's handed. Hey, you made it. Now get ready for the next level. Yeah, congrats. You might know how to read. You yeah, we hope you know how to read or else you shouldn't. Have it's just, graduation. I think, too, it's how you grew up. Yeah. I didn't have one. Yeah. My family, I wouldn't say we are one that has big celebrations of things. Right. They were generally small, just us, like not even like mm -hmm. birthday parties and stuff. Even my kids now, mm -hmm. they they like their own stuff. Yeah. Uh, we don't have these big celebrations. Some of it's just me, like. Yeah. I mean, some kind of, of us love our kids more than you do. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're saying you love my kids? Your kids are actually so, really cool. Which which one do you like the most, Ben, Molly, or Ann? Molly. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, I think you you've got neat kids. So, all right. I mean, you, you know, honestly though, I think you've got three totally different kids. Very. Like, I think that's really cool. Very so, Shells has done a great job. Yeah, they've done a great job with those kids because we can know you, the job. Seriously, can you imagine three kids having me as their dad? I mean, we just had a whole conversation about As two I mice said, versus Shells a gerbil. Shells has done an incredible job. She does not Amazing. listen to this, oh. but my kids would probably be 
lost <laughs> oh, in prison. Wandering the earth. They would not know how to read, write, do yeah. math of any sort at all if it's not for her because I'm useless and no help in that stuff. But I can make them say dumb things. Yes. And have, have stupid conversations. You about you. You're yeah. that dad. You're she, she has saved them. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Flamer. And you, you too, Frika. So I had this discussion last time with, on uh, the last podcast with Tristan. He keeps telling me that he's not competitive. Mm-hmm. And he's, if you, if you know Tristan, he's, he's just a funny dude. He's very much, he's Mark. He's like a, mm-hmm. you know, it's exactly like Mark was at 1920, but he played high school tennis and he kept saying he's not competitive. And then we got in this conversation about how to win points without swinging, how to manufacture points. And, he listed off a dozen things that his doubles partner did to win points when they weren't playing. Dumb stuff. Some was smart, but like he's like, one of them was um, we used to roll up our shorts really high to distract them. And one point we'd have our hats backwards, and the other point they're forward. And then one point we'd both stand in the doubles alley, and they'd fake signals when they weren't even using them. So they were trying to figure out a way to get these people to miss. Um, and so I started thinking, T, that's super competitive. So in his mentally, he is he is trying to figure out a way to score points without swinging. The topic was if you're playing poorly, how can you still win some points? Um, fake poaching, using signals, playing double back, lobbing the whole time, like all this stuff to get them to screw up. So we started talking about how I think he's competitive mentally, but not physically. Do you think that is a thing? Can you be mentally competitive where you, your mind is trying to figure all this out? But if you watch T on the court, he's he's not casual, but he's not intense at all. He's not going to break a racket. He'll tell you he does not care if he wins or loses. He has zero care when he's done. But when he, he's doing all these mental things, but he says he's not competitive. And I, I'm starting to believe there's a difference in being sort of mentally competitive versus... Even Mark told me that T would be the kid he'd, he'd watch and get upset on because you don't think he's working very hard but in his head he is actually playing does that make sense you know what i'm talking mm-hmm. about i would I, it sounds like i you know, knowing more not the tea as much as you do but uh it sounds like it's more mental entertainment for him mm-hmm. versus competitiveness mm-hmm. mental entertainment because he's he's very laid yeah. back it's mentally, there's a few directions I'd like to go with mental <laughs> entertainment, but we're going to try yeah. to keep it on. Yeah, I would say he's, he's on you know, track. It is mental stimulus for him to. <laughs> I believe that's the first time the word stimulus has yes. been used on my it's podcast. Stimuli. So, be stimuli thanks for that. That he enjoys that aspect of fun and entertainment on a tennis court to him, and it's not about winning and losing points. It's about what can we do next that's, I won't say goofy, but different or distracting to the opponent? We're just messing with the yes. opponent. Just purely, well, just I, want, entertainment I don't purposes. care if I beat you, but I'm going to mess with you. Yeah. I'll have to ask him, because yeah. we didn't get into that, because it didn't sound like he was doing it to be, like, unsportsmanlike. No, no, or just unsportsmanlike, or even, or even glib or funny on the court, but it's just a way of, of entertaining himself while he's on court. As to you know, different things he can do within the framework of of the match or the spirit of competition. Yeah. 
without being quote competitive. Yeah. He, I just took it as he's he's trying to win. He's just I, not doing it with like okay rah rah and fist pumps and. It sounds like he's just it's it's for just spirit, for, of, and it, yeah. spirit of entertainment for him to find goofy ways or different ways to win points, a creative way to win a point. Could be. Yeah. So athletic types. Are you looking at us? Yeah. We are athletic types. <laughs> Is it you got a mouse possible? in your pocket? Yeah. Is it possible? Because they're very competitive. <laughs> Is it possible? <laughs> Only against gerbils. Um, <laughs> Is it possible to step on the court and not have any sort of competitiveness to to not think about winning of some sort? Like Like the whole point of being in an athletic event is to win something. Like even if you go out on I, I never court, thought that until I saw Scott in the national finals. <laughs> and I went, that's not competitive. <laughs> he doesn't want to win. <laughs> no, it's just like he has no chance to win. I'm sorry. I wanted to win. Yeah. But I had no way. stepped on court freak. I went, yeah, this match is pretty much over. I had no chance. Zero. Which way was he wearing his hat? Though? Yeah. Like, it's like, Should have rolled my shorts up yeah. real high. But I think even when you go out there and you're not keeping score, like the point would be is the ball's not going to hit twice on your side. Right? I mean, you're When you're hitting back and forth, like there's still... Call the rally. Yeah, okay. <laughs> when you're When you're rallying... Tennis people, I don't even know what you guys do. But when you're rallying, you want to win that rally. Like even if you're not keeping score, I mean, it's, uh, there are people. Don't you? There are players that I've worked with, and probably you have that you can tell they just don't have that thing, that like competitive, no competitive thing. Edge. They want to hit one more ball back over the court, but if it doesn't go in, yeah. oh well, who cares? Yeah, like okay, okay, top golf today. Yeah. We're eating, we're drinking, we're hitting balls at random targets, throwing out random numbers and stuff. 48. But <laughs> I had a 48. But ultimately, the biggest conversation was beating people, mostly Scott. <laughs> Which happened? Yeah. And then we wanted you to call finish that competition? First. No, it was, well, just, no, not at all. For but him, it was. For him, it was, yeah. So not- <laughs> but it was, I mean, there was, it was like, that was almost the most relaxing, but there was a Competitive edge through the whole For thing. For sure. And I, 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 it was, <laughs> I think I always, I don't have to win, but I want to know who won. I've talked yeah. about it before. Yeah. Like, I don't care if I lose. I care more if I don't know who won. Like somebody wants to play and just hit balls and not keep score. I can't do it. I yeah. have to keep some sort of score. And if I lose, it doesn't bother me. I just want to know. I yeah. hate being like, I just, I just hit for an hour and I have no idea what just happened. That bothers yeah. me. So you, you want an outcome? Yeah. I, I need a. Yeah. I need a yeah. result. Yeah. So even my kids, we and we talked about this earlier. We've got this. We we play putt putt everywhere we go. And like, I since my kids were little, I have always beat them. <laughs> And it's like, are you talking crap about your yeah, kids? Totally. I've always beat them, but there is like a competition that goes on. They want to beat me at Papa. It should be a relaxing, good time at Papa, but no, it's we compete. I'm like that. I, I just, and I don't know. Whether they were three like or 13 or 23. Yeah. yeah. 
I think there's some mental entertainment and stimulus going <laughs> on his yeah. family. So I think it's hard to not go into those events and not compete at some level. It's it may different, not be, it's, it may it's not different be levels of that competition. Yeah. But there's, there, I think you're always going to compete a little bit. Shelly, you like to go on goes, walks, yeah. and I, when she used to ask me, I'd like, all right, but are we racing? How, where are we going? Where's the finish line? <laughs> Who's going to win? Yeah. I'm trying to get better at that stuff. Yeah. But that would be my first, like, what's the goal? Where's the yeah. end line? And uh, I have to get better at that, but I have to know. Yeah, It bothers me. I can't. That's why I hate soccer. Yeah. The game ends in a tie, and the both teams are okay with it. That does, yeah, it doesn't work for me. I hate it. The other day, I watched um, the World Cup women's soccer. I tried. I watched quite a bit until it got to one-one, and both teams just—they both Relaxed. backed off and starts. Both of them were playing for the tie. They stopped attacking. They just kicked the ball around because they were perfectly happy with yeah. a tie, and it, it drove me crazy. Somebody's got to win. That's why soccer should be banned. And when I'm president, <laughs> soccer will be removed from society. From which time zone? From all time. Well, there's only one. Because <laughs> when I'm president, straight roads, no time zones, and no soccer. <laughs> yeah. All right, Frika. Yes. This is somewhat a real question. So, uh, I mentioned before, you're a band director. Your job is somewhat. Your job is similar to what mine is and what yours was, and yeah. managing people, large groups of people, organizing. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to deal with parents, which I don't anymore. Um, first question, how do you handle the musician who believes they are better than they really are? Because that's the thing we have at every club I've ever been at, every yeah. coach, uh, players that think they should be with a certain high group and everybody knows they're not, shouldn't be there. And I have that job along with other coaches of having those awkward conversations. Yeah. Um, do you even have that? Like, have you ever had a player yeah, who thinks yeah. they should be in the the big boy chair? Yeah. Is that what they call it? The first chair, yeah, <laughs> big <Yeah>. girl chair. <laughs> you do, but you know they're not good enough. And the hard part, like the hard part for me, is like especially in the music world, is like all those kids are super still valuable. Like we need all them. You know, we'll have let's say a trumpet section of ten kids. Well, they all can't be first chair but we need all of them working towards the same goal. So you can't just say like you're out. Just like a team. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't just yeah. say, you, you know, sit the bench for a while, you know? So what if you got 10 chairs and stacked them on top of each other? That would be the one on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to work. Still wouldn't work, huh? So it's, you know, do you, there's, there's, do ways. you have to tell the kid, sorry, you're just not good enough yet. Yeah. And I've seen it done a lot. It like they're, they're, I know there's, teachers and directors out there that are just really blunt and they're not overly concerned about feelings and concerned with kids. And I err to the side where I'm, I try to nurse them along a little bit, but you gotta, you know, when, when player A is obviously better than player B. But player B doesn't, isn't self-aware enough to see it. Right. Yeah. And it creates some painful moments at times. Awkward, isn't it? Yeah, and sometimes you just got to show them by listening to recordings and, and video and say, you know, that, that sound you're hearing is you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, you, know, you got to be blunt to That's a point. Great, but, you do but, like, a, uh, like a blind sound test. Yeah, it's like, you, <laughs> Which you one's hear better? that? Guess yeah. what? It was you. Yeah. yeah. We, so it's, um, it's tough, but you got to tell, you know, honesty is the hardest thing. 
you, but you got to be honest too. I try to be quick. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't for you. Not yet. Not good mm-hmm. enough. It's a it's a higher level, whatever it is. And then I try to give options. Hey, this this is a better. There might be another group, another class yeah. that's a better fit for you now. And then try to give. How do you get here? Yeah. Like you know, you want to be in this group. Here's some things you need to do. You need to, right. you need to get the right grips. That's a huge one with juniors. Is we don't let you into certain classes if you don't have the continental grip for your yeah. serve. No matter how good you are, if you don't hold the racket right, you can't move up. Um, getting there, UTR. WTN World Tennis Number. That's the new one. Um, we have a rating system that you can look at, but it's not it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that a huge struggle dealing with players because um, yeah. you and I we really do the same thing. It is. It's yeah, and and really convincing them to make crazy changes just about their opinions on themselves. That, it's not easy to do. I know. Um, You can't have, (laughs) like in tennis, let's say you two, Thamer and Frika, Mm -hmm. you're you're a little better, but you think you're better. You know what I can do? I can say, you guys go play a match. Yeah. I get a result. Yeah. But I, I, I have that option. But I'm just having a bad day. You, you would be LeBron playing when you would lose to him in the big moment. He would he would take you because he's the Michael Jordan of the fan directors. Yeah, it's true. But we, we can do that. We can have a direct result. Why not? Why are you shaking your head? Because if you're looking at a team aspect, a practice match between teammates is not going to bring out they're the not player. They're not necessarily teammates. Uh-huh. They're people just wanting to be in, say, a lesson group. Yeah. I'm not thinking teammates is different because if you're on a team and you're the head coach, they don't get a choice. You're the boss. Yeah. This is like in a club setting where you've got you've got parents, you've got four years of this person, mm-hmm. you don't want to discourage them. Yeah. On a team, you you are the boss. You can say, Freaka, yeah. you're sitting the bench because you suck. Right? And there's no repercussions to that. Right. So what happens the one day in that club where the player B has a really good day and player A has an off day? And player B wins the match, which they would win one out of five times. You then the player B becomes the champion. You want the twenty percent guy <laughs> in the lead chair, or the one that's eighty percent? Yeah, yeah, right. But the result, the result of that gives us something to start with, yeah. right? But it's somebody who's who's in that first chair or that yeah. better player has a little bit of an off day. The other player has a good day. Yeah, but you could also argue we put you in that stressful situation and you failed, even though you're better. Maybe you're not better because in that has, stressful situation, a LeBron situation. But if he has eighty percent of the time, then crushes Jordan. I mean, Michael <laughs> oh, Jordan. You put him in that, he wins six <laughs> out of six. You play six matches, he wins all six. Um, all right, Gelby and, and Frika. I don't know. Do we answer anything? Of course not. No, I just I just end it whenever I want. I have, I have no. I get bored with stuff, so it's my ADD. Um, I've been having this discussion with lots of coaches, players. Okay. Which do you think is best? Um, if you, from a teaching standpoint, would you rather you got to hire somebody? Would you rather hire the person who is the best? teacher instruction technical gets the most out of them but is a really poor communicator maybe doesn't return emails text not as organized kind of a mess Mm -hmm. but can teach the 
heck out of an oboe. Okay. Yeah. Wait, or a, or a gotcha. hobo? I got gotcha. Wait. He's stuck on oboe. Hobo. Did you play the oboe for a while? I thought there's an instrument called an oboe. There is, but. Oh, boy. You really enjoy uh, those oboes. Yes. Or would you take the guy who's maybe not as, or girl who's not as great technically, but is unbelievable organizing, doing the calendar, returning phone calls, text, getting everybody all the information they need. Which one do you hire? Can I, hear, can I get both of them? No, it's a hypothetical. There's one. <laughs> can I can only get one? Yeah. You got you to gotta pick one. Now, now well, the technical the thing, one may so, be decent, but there's yeah, one who's just spectacular. I think, well, the biggest, because I've run into this situation when I'm hiring people to give private lessons, when I'm giving, bringing people in to work with like the marching band or to... It's the person that shows up consistently is way more important than the best teacher. Because if the best teacher in the world, if they're not communicating, if they're not going to show up, if they're not organized, if not, if they're not there, it doesn't matter. So yeah, but I never said they just don't show up. If they're going to be there all the time, (laughs) you took a third option. Yeah. Yeah. Now they might be occasionally. They're the ones like. for a tennis reference, it's the coach who the lesson starts at three okay. and runs in onto the court at three o'clock with his sandals on, backpack on, yeah. doesn't have the balls out, yeah. but still there versus the guy like like me and you. Lesson starts at three. I'm there at yeah. 10 till with the carts out, all the equipment See, I need. I got my bracket in my hand. Like, I mean, there's, that's kind of too pretty big pet peeves in there though huge because you're dealing with i'm looking priority so what do you think because there's a professional side it's like cutting edge podcast yeah. you gotta step up i think this is a that's legit a, that's a tough one uh conversation and you gotta hire one i guess if you have to hire one you hire the better teacher because really? you gotta get the instruction but then it's your job as the your job as the boss to make sure that they're there and doing things at time and like you, you agree with him, Flamer? I do. You got to hire the better teacher. I want the I want whatever my students or tennis players, whatever. If you get a crappy instructor, yeah, they're going to be muddling around. Bad instruction is I a bad think, instruction. See, I I disagree, but not only because of like my world that I'm in. Because in our world, are you a bad instructor? I'm not a. Yes, I'm a, <laughs> I've told lots of people I'm a fraud. I just make it up, and I trick people into thinking I know what I'm doing. There are coaches yeah. I work with that are far better than me with the technical stuff and the science and the math and the physics and all of those things. And I hear coaches I work with saying all these amazing Mm -hmm. things and I don't even know what they're talking about, about how things work. And I I make stuff up. I make them a better instructor though. I I always feel like they know far more than me. Like I'll have somebody hit one in the net and I'll tell them, just hit it higher. And someone else is like, well, if you change the angle of your racket to 84 degrees and your contact point changes to here, and I, I, I don't think that way, but it makes me think, man, that they're really good. I'm great at 
organization and phone calls and I, I don't I can't sleep at night if I haven't returned every single text and every single email. My email's wiped out empty. That question was um, all about him. No, it? I'm just wondering it was. It's, Dr. It's, Phil it is. now. You know how many times in this podcast yeah, uh, I've told people that this is my therapy? I'm not kidding. It, it totally hug. is. No, we are not we're we are not hugging. <laughs> right? But I, I'm I I go on the side of the great communicator and organizer versus the great coach. But you're saying that someone just because they're technically or scientifically more intelligent, they're a great coach. That doesn't make a great coach. And what you're saying and how you relate to your students and how you relate to your band people, that makes you a great coach or a great band director because of how you, how you pass along the information to the student and Technic, you know, being that technical or that scientific doesn't make you a great coach. At all. Unless that person is an engineer yes. or a physics teacher, exactly. which I've had multiple times yeah. in my career yeah. where I'm struggling with the adults. I'm struggling. We're just not on the same page. And I'll always ask them, what do you, what do, you do for a living? Like, especially the ones that want to know how every single thing works. And yeah. it yes. always comes out, oh, I'm an engineer. If they work at NASA, pass them along yes. to somebody else. Yeah. And I, I struggle with that stuff. I have to tell them that you don't, I don't, I always tell them the same stupid thing. I don't know how my car works. I just know when I hit that button, it takes off. Yeah. Right. I don't every day look under the hood and try to figure out who, how this happened. Mm-hmm. I just hit the button and it goes. And, yeah. but other people, other coaches, probably other band directors will open the hood and describe that this, this oboe button yeah. makes the, <laughs> C or <laughs> this button on the oboe makes <laughs> oboe talk. It's like it's weird. Podcast. All right, so you guys are going with teacher. I'm I'm going with um the other one. I think you got to know your content. If you don't know your content, I think you can do damage. Yeah, but you're a great tennis coach, and well, I'll say great. Mm. You're, you're all right. You're a tennis uh, coach. You're... <laughs> <laughs> That's better. You're yeah. a tennis coach. No, it's just it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny I I, uh, oh, I don't think I'm the only one you never worked like full time in a club right you were at BU coaching you did your own camps and all that stuff yes um, in a club it's it's a different environment and you don't have paid customers like we do no, like my no. my my co-workers and coaches we always have that this is a paying number Cost a lot to play indoor tennis. Yeah. We ha- somewhat have to give them certain things we know they want because we Cause want them to come back. Come back and yeah. the club needs them. If membership drops, we people lose yeah. jobs. So we always have that. Got to take care of the member first. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm going with the person that shows up early, returns the text, returns the emails, communicates well more than. What did you find out that person? Is what? telling him the absolute wrong things to do on the court. Well, then we'd have a problem. If it's a, if it's if they're great at that, but a terrible, horrendous coach that's yeah. teaching, that's, yeah. then you got a problem. I'm talking like decent coach, great at one, or amazing coach, mm-hmm. not very good at one. Well, not being a club setting like you've been, I could see that, but because I've been around enough club settings where you get to acquiesce to the members and let them feel yeah. special and 
that communicator is going to do that. They can right. butter them up and tell them all how wonderful they are, and, and they're going to be at two five the rest of their life. Yeah, but we can't do that either. I think as a manager, to them. as the boss, I think it's easier for you to fix though the communication side of things and that stuff than it is the actual knowledge content that the person knows. Or can pass along. Yeah. So probably I probably teach. I think yeah. so I think you're, you you're going hire, back to your first answer of yeah. can I have both? Yes. Yeah, but you I think you gotta hire the instructor that instructs well. All right, one more thing on this. That because person that that person that maybe isn't as good organizationally. Uh-huh can also do some serious damage to the culture of your staff if one person is always coming up late or you're right. starting to hear complaints that Freak did, hey, mm-hmm. take a lesson. I tried to get a lesson with Freak. He never responded. Like mm-hmm. That can damage the culture of it too. Absolutely. And that's huge in a large right. group setting. It is. Um, but yeah. I'm, I'm the communication first, I think, and then teaching second is probably, but... You gotta do teachers first. Dude, it's okay to be I'm wrong. impressed. You know, but was that when you first got into this industry many months ago, were you more focused on your teaching or your communication? Teaching. Exactly. For sure. Because I didn't know the importance of it. I thought they show up, I teach them, they go home. And so now you, I know that there's before, during, So you after. developed your craft and now... Just to bring nice. point, you can evolve into a better communicator. Did you guys just change my opinion on this? Is that what we're You've evolved into a communicator, responder, yeah. individual after you've yeah. become a... Hmm. So there might be an order of how you learn these things, whether it's tennis Possibly. or directing a school or... Yeah. Interesting. I feel... Um, that's, what, that's why we're here. That was good. That was good. I'm, I'm I, I enjoyed that. Um, all right. So this one I talked about several podcasts ago. I read, um, I was reading a book. I read, Frika, you don't. I don't read You don't know how to read. Book on tape, though. Does that count? Yeah. No, books on tape don't count. That takes no effort. That could be a whole podcast. Books on tape books don't on tape. count as reading a book. So you does, can't though. tell me I read a book. What did you read? Yeah. You listened. You listened. Same thing. Yeah. Reading is just listening. I have ears and eyes. I don't think they're quite the same thing. I don't know. It could be me. Reading and listening, same thing. I think it's the same thing. <laughs> There's another yeah. podcast. That's a whole. Po- <laughs> That'll be podcast number fifty-three. I think, I think I can prove that. <laughs> I'm going to prove that in the next podcast. I don't think. Put that I'm down okay in your with. Notes for the next I'll listen one. to that one. I'll be. I'll be the eighth listener. <laughs> I'm okay with audiobooks, but same I don't like it. I wouldn't want you to say, hey, I read 27 books this year and every one of them was audiobooks. No, you didn't. You listened in your car. I've read 27 books this year because I take time to increase my knowledge of the I world. I read them just not by sight. <laughs> that's, that's great. Okay. Anyway, it was a book. And Bill Gates. I'm moving <laughs> Bill Gates believed that the yeah. thing you did excessively between the age of 13 and 18 was, <laughs> was the thing. Did you just that, I just, 
was the thing that you had the most chance of being successful at. <laughs> Seriously, this is what Bill Gates said. He so at that age, Bill Gates focused on his saw. He was already doing software stuff, and Jimmy Buffett, not Jimmy Buffett, Warren Buffett. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett, too, is probably playing music. Yeah, he's probably doing some serious stuff. Warren Buffett, at that age, between those ages, was already starting his empire and and working in finances (laughs) and money. Between 13 and 18, I was all tennis. That's all I was good at. I'd given up every other sport. It was tennis only, and that's what I do. So, Frika, do you think that applies? You're a band director. Between 13 and 18, was that the... Hmm? Is that where you think you became the teacher or wanting yeah, to do I mean, that? That's where I got, I mean, all the music stuff came in those years, obviously. So I jumped into all the bands and choirs and orchestras and all that stuff just because I enjoyed doing it. But I don't think I, at, the, at the, that time, I definitely had no idea that that was a possibility of being an occupation. But Bill Gates so is I saying didn't. you really somewhere did. Yeah. Because. That's what you were. Yeah. I was totally saturated in music back then. So I didn't think I was going to be a, what I do now. Yeah. I knew tennis was the one thing I was somewhat <laughs> good at, but yeah. I had no idea at that time. I I went I, was, I started at BU in pre law. I was going to be an attorney. Can you imagine crazy? that? Hey, judge, oh, what do you think about this? Amazing. Two mice and a gerbil. What is way in on this, Judge? <laughs> way in on this. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, before jury, before you give the verdict, let me, let me throw this by you. Two mice and a gerbil go out. Um, I wanted to be I a um, marine biologist yeah. for a while because I thought it'd be cool to swim with dolphins. But you weren't saturated in that, like you weren't you, saturated. It was, a fleeting, That's a big it was word. like a fleeting moment of enjoyment, like thoughts, but you were saturated in tennis. Like that's what saturated you did all the time. in tennis. Yeah, like you went home and that's what you. Is that like did. marinated? Kind of, yeah. Like, it was all around. Yeah, that was it for me. It was yeah. all, uh, I had goals then of what I wanted Why to do. Why are we not professional gamers? I didn't have, I had to go to your house or Anisha's house to play Atari. But we did all the time. Atari. Atari. So, Atari. <laughs> like a professional Pong player. <laughs> I really twist that. Being Pac-Man. I'm like, number one in the world. And then I got a wrist injury. So turn it on. <laughs> A wrist injury from turning the knob, huh? Okay, Flamer, what were you doing between 13 and 18? <laughs> that was too long ago. Can you remember that? I had no idea. Were you, um, were you working on the wheels to your stagecoach? Or <laughs> Can you recall that hey, part? Hey, what was the first year you picked up a racket? How old were you? Oh, I started late. Probably... 13 or 14. Okay. Which is, hey, in 10 years, now. that's late. Yeah. 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 That is late. Between those ages, though, did you have any idea oh. you'd go into, even just coaching, not just tennis? Were you an athletic, you wanted to coach, teach, because you were a teacher, too? Nope. I mean, I wanted to be, I wanted to do something within athletics. I was very active with multiple sports. So, it was something in that realm that I wanted to be involved between those two ages you knew that so you're saying bill gates might most people i talk to they're like yeah that's yeah that's kind of that's kind of right 
as much as we went cruising, why aren't we race car drivers? Because you yeah. cruise. You we didn't yes. go very fast. Yeah, <laughs> we were That's like, true. You'd be like really slow. You could be like an Uber driver. We ate a lot of bobs. Why aren't we pizza makers? We ate a lot of bobs. Right? Yeah. But not as many bobs as you did tennis balls. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Tennis was the one that like, I would go out yeah. and I'd work out on my own and I'd get teammates and like every day, all day. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't, but I just wonder for me, is that because it's the only, if I was, if I had been good at anything else in my life, another sport, whatever, would I have switched to that? Like I had nothing, I didn't have much else. Yeah. I could shoot free throws. You could. I can you still shoot free throws. I won the Elks free throw contest. I hit, um, I think, twenty four out of twenty five. Digo Elementary School. Wow! And then I went to Adams Coliseum to the the city one. <sighs> Stunk it up bad. I LeBroned it bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, basically, one of the other ten years, and Jordan never won a game. Either. Six for six. <laughs> six for six. Six MVPs. Six titles. Um, okay, one more. And you can, it's kind of both. I put your name on it for you because you, you do this in the school, but you've been doing, how many, how many years have you been directing the bands, teaching? Yeah, you got to be. 26 years. Right. Now. So you're. crazy? Me too. I mean, I started, I started teaching tennis lessons in Vincennes. I used to carry a bucket, a bucket around and teach lessons for $7 an hour when I was probably 16, 17. So I'm I'm 30 years into it. Yeah, I have days where I run out of like I gotta, we have to have programming every single day, mm-hmm. seven days a week programming classes, people, and we got to be on all the time. You have that stress. You had that stress coaching. You mm-hmm. come to practice. You're the leader. You got to have your stuff. Yeah, and I struggle sometimes, and so I try to ask people where you find you have one of those days where you're like. It's, it's the same kids I've had them. We've been in school for six months or the same team or it's in classes when you're teaching your classes. What do you do to find inspiration or motivation for new things? Do you have a process you go through? Is it luck? Is it YouTubing? Uh, Mine is like live stuff. I go, um, I'll go watch colleagues teach. I'll go watch uh, like, camps that are that I'll send my kids to and I just go listen to what the people are saying and I I just go try to watch other professionals that I consider way better than me and I go watch them and I'll normally pull little nuggets out of there and especially when I see them working with like my kids like I'll send them to like a drum major camp or a music camp or something and oh bow camp yeah, and then hobo <laughs> camp sometimes, and, and then uh, and then I'll go watch. I'll go watch like performances they do there, and then that's where I find inspiration to keep going yeah. forward, keep pushing forward. Did you ever have times, coach, when you were teaching, whether it's practice or your your classroom setting at VU, where you do you recall that? I mean, you were retired for a while, but you recall ever oh. like I, I got. <laughs> I got class today and I don't have, I'm out. I, I don't have sure. anything. Absolutely. What I, would you do? Cause they didn't have the internet back in the no, 1400. No, so I, how would you? Well, after I walked there, I didn't walk. Over fire. 
fire in the snow. In, in snow over yes. fire. That's how tough it was. That's cool. Back in the day. Uh, no, I did. You know, there was, there was times you show up for that nine o'clock lecture for what? Yeah. And it was just the little self motivating talk in the in the office where you go walk out the door because it was God, your moment to. Done. It was your moment to. Did you play the Rocky theme song? Sorry. Yeah, I say that, but I do remember one time actually was it, it was in the summer I was doing uh, private lessons, and I had I think six lessons one July on the next day, and weather forecast was one hundred percent chance of rain the next day. It was a hot July day, like today. It was like, man, I'm so glad it was so hot, and I was just I got off court that day, and then finished. And so I thought, oh, cool, I sleep in. It's like probably have a day off. No rain. Oh, that's it the was, worst. It was eighty to ninety percent humidity, and yeah. when I woke up and I, I just looked out, there was no rain. I went, oh, I guess I'll maybe I'll get one or two lessons in. But that was one of the hardest days, just because it was so hot. And mentally, I was already checked out for the night before, yeah. so it was really a struggle just to get that inner motivation to to go that day. But as a tennis pro. It's one on one or one on two. If you got a couple of kids out there, and you got to be on that entire every, hour, every, every second. second. I know you're on. You know, there's no downtime of you know mailing it in or taking ten minutes off or whatever. You you're on that entire hour. Unexpected to yeah. be leading and leading well. Right. You have it. It's see that's what we've talked about. Us. We're like. That is one of the big similarities that we do is like the physical activity of it on the music side. You know, it's you're standing in front of the group and you're on, you're entertaining that group for however long you have them. If it's a 45 minute mm-hmm. class or if it's a two hour after school session, it's you and them. And it's that you, you know, you feed off of them and it's an entertainment thing and it's exhausting. It is to be mentally. It is that's what I've noticed after 26 years doing it professionally. Plus, you know what I did in college and stuff like that. It's 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 a long time, and yeah, every uh, year I kind of wonder. It's like, is this you know how many more years of this do I have where I can keep the energy level up? Right. And so far, so good. But at some point, it's I'm like you. I will. I'll walk out of my office. Our our offices. It'll be. I hope my if my members are listening to this. They they probably think I prepare way ahead of time. But <laughs> yeah, like, I'll be a few minutes before class starts, and I'll have my clipboard, and I use just jot down some notes, yeah. and it'll be empty. I'm like, I start in ten minutes, and I got nothing. I'm about to walk out in front of thirty two people, and I'm the leader, and I don't have a single thing in my head. Yeah, and I start freaking out. Like... <laughs> Except yeah. for mice. Gerbils and oboes. <laughs> I've started at our club. One side of the building has um, five courts in a row, and they're all up above. You can watch. I will just go out and I'll just start watching. I'll sit over the rail and watch people play tennis for five minutes, and I usually can get some like, "Oh my gosh, I just saw this. This this is one we can address yeah. that." And and then I can go in court and say, "Hey, I just watched you guys play." Yeah. I, I saw I saw this. We're going to address that. That's where I get it. And sometimes it's going to see other coaches. If if coaches teaching a, mm-hmm. a private lesson on court one, I might go just watch for two minutes and kind of see what he's what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's just we're 
What is it? The way they say imitation is the biggest form of flattery. Well, I would never imitate you. (laughs) Um, I think too. It's illegal in some states. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You you talked about entertainment. We're all three of us. Yours is a little less because there's grades attached and futures to it. Mine is very much an entertainment business. Yours, yours was, except for the team practices. Um, Once I get on the court, and most coaches, I think you would too, get the racket in my hand, you just go. Like it starts. That's where I mean, starts going. That's your experience level, and that's you know, it wasn't that way when you took your first gig. No. I would have. Your first gig, you walked out, you had everything planned out. By the, the I used to write out like eight, 8 o'clock forehands, 8.05, yeah, backhands. Like if you would have gone out there with a blank clipboard in that first and second year, I'd be nothing would have been happening. No, we would, and you would have been fired <laughs> so quickly. We would have just stood and stared at each other, the students yeah. and myself. Like, you not be sitting here doing this podcast. No. What's funny this. now is I can't make a schedule like that anymore because I know I won't follow it. Exactly. I never put a time on it. I have yeah. themes like we're going to work on this and these things and then make it up I as, the same as I can. In generalities and I kind of know the direction yeah. I'm moving. This but... last week I was um, had this class I'm teaching with Tim and Jack and we had this whole discussion about whether Tim had... He had text. We had text the night before about what we were going to do in this class, and then the next morning he asked me, "So what's the plan?" And I said, "We talked about it last night. We have it." He's like, "No, that's the theme. We need a plan." And so we had this whole conversation, even on the court, in front of the members, because we we work pretty well together, and I was able to bring it up in front of them. We had this conversation with twelve other players, and they have convinced me that a theme is not a plan. <laughs> the theme is the ideas we're going to do and the plan is how we're going to execute that like uh-huh. what drills like we want to work on poaching but here's the here's the drills we're going to do in the setup so um i lost that battle i'm yeah. much more of a theme person and let the plan make create itself yeah i suppose um all right um so we've we've done we've talked a lot of stuff you guys are good freak i'm impressed you got some good Stuff. Thanks. Um, He's we've also established that Michael Jordan is better than LeBron. Yeah, um, that was done a few times. We've got that. Did. We have that fully <laughs> covered. Um, you guys got anything else? I'm good if you're good. I'm good. All right. So I think we're Real down. Good. Real good. I think we're down to one listener. So one listener, as you guys know, you can. Um, yeah, Bill. Thanks, my, it's, it's, it's my mom you, and dad and, and Tristan is now listening to all of our podcasts. Um, you can find all this stuff on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. You can find it there. Uh, I think MJ, that's MJ is dead. Why, are, why are you guys still talking? I don't even know why you're on here. You two. Oh, you you, tell us you to, keep talking. You can you can yes. you can talk now. I'm louder than you. <laughs> I know. So this is, uh, I guess, we're signing off from um, King, the home King, two suites. King. Keystone, Keystone, Keystone. Keystone. Not the town of. There's no town of Keystone, Indiana. It's the capital of Indiana. It's Keystone, Indiana. Um, I'll Frika will be off to the music store to get a new oboe. <laughs> And uh, no one listens to this, I, do they? I got listeners. 
Yeah. Um, I guess that's it. You want to say bye to the people? Nope. Bye, people. Bye, Bill. That's rude. Bye, Bill. <laughs> see, you, see you, Mom bye, and Dad. Carol. That's about all see we got. See you later, Carol. All right. I'll, uh, I'll catch you all on the next one. See ya. <laughs>